you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, November 9th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, Marjorie, on her birth certificate, MJ. <laughs> to her friends, Miss Acosta Ruiz, or Miss MJ, to the legions of young women who want to be her when they grow up. She's the host of NFL Total Access. She is also the host of NFL... L Huddle. L Huddle, thank yeah. you. I want you to explain that in a moment. She mm-hmm. is MJ Acosta Ruiz. MJ, thank you so much for making the time today. Always, always. Give our listeners a reason why they should be listening to your podcast and not mine. <laughs> Listen to both. I know you guys and your commutes, and if you're like me, I want another podcast immediately the second I finish the first one. It's like you can't get enough. There's no such thing as oversaturation in podcast world, is there? But the El Huddle podcast is a collaboration with the Will Selva, which you guys will know from Good Morning Football. Um, it, it just fuses our love of football and our culture as Latinos in this country. And I think the intersectionality that we see within the Latino community uh, and how it is really prevalent in our perspective as we cover this game that we all love. And don't worry, it is mostly in English with just a little bit of Spanglish in there as well. Uh, I haven't really asked you about your time in London. Uh, you've been back a couple True. of weeks now, yeah. which tells you how busy we've been or <laughs> no. the fact that we're not actually friends. Um, but we are. <laughs> if you haven't been to London, you got to go to London. Yeah, I would move to London. You That's would. That's how much I loved it. Yeah. Does David know this? You know, he was there with me. and He's on board. So I don't know. Maybe. Wow. T.A. from London year round. <laughs> That's as good a review as you can get. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and in a moment we will be joined by the chief national reporter, the captain, Steve Weich. In fact, Steve Weich is walking into the room right now, getting his microphone on. Well played. Thank you for the choreography. Uh, Steve, Mm -hmm. go ahead and get settled. We're going to hit you with a hard one right away. You were going to be voice number two, and it does in fact belong to the aforementioned captain, the chief national reporter for NFL Network. He's been a beat reporter for the Falcons and MJ's Dolphins. 
He broke the Colin Kaepernick story, and they broke the mold when they made him. He is Steve Weich. Steve Weich, welcome. Andrew, what's up? I would also live in London. Yeah, I would. I would. I would live in there for. I mean, it gets a little rainy, but yeah. That's what fine. is it about this depressed island nation that is so appealing <laughs> to both of you? The people. It was really cool. It was way more diverse than I thought. Yeah. It was. It was. It had pace. I mean, I think the international vibe of it. There were people from everywhere in London. Pretty much everywhere that I went there, it was and, really cool. And you realize that a lot of the bull stuff that we're going through in this country, they went through like 400 years ago. So they're like kind of over it. They've got a head start. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of like over a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So like the, with stuff we stress over, they're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, let's go ahead and go hang out. We'll go get some good, you know, get some good curry. Oh, having a good curry. Oh, my God. Right? After a night at the pub? <laughs> at the poop. The takeaway, I believe they call it. Now, I will, of course, make a point of avoiding all the bull stuff, as you called it. So let's get right to it. Steve, MJ, in all seriousness, uh, we had a long conversation with Mikey M and Michael Robinson yesterday about this, and I would be remiss not to ask you both about this. Frank Reich fired in Indianapolis. Uh, there were rumors of that firing for weeks. Uh, we were hardly surprised to hear that it happened based on the disappointment that we have seen from what was considered an AFC contender in the Indianapolis Colts. What happened next, I think, surprised a lot of people. I'd like to know what your first thought was when you heard, MJ, that Jeff Saturday had been named the interim coach to replace Frank Reich. I clicked on the alert on my phone pretty quickly because I thought it was an error. I was very confused. I was like, did he break the story? Is he, did they miss? Yeah, I was like, is this real? I was very yeah. confused. I think confusion would be right. the immediate, because where, where did this come from? It was so out of left field. And look, this is not anything against Jeff Saturday at all. It's about the type of move that it was in this very specific situation to be an interim head coach in the National Football League. And you're going with the former player slash TV analyst when you have people in the building in your staff who, not arguably, who objectively have more experience in coaching, not just your specific team, but in coaching in the NFL in general. Steve, what was your first thought when you heard about the decision made by Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard. Well, I mean, I, I thought, like, the first of it was, is this real? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm checking for everything. I'm looking, is this, is this a parody account? Can this really be happening? And then, after my phone blew up for about 20 minutes from right. agents and former players, former coaches, like, this cannot, this cannot be what's going on, I'm thinking, okay, Jeff Saturday's coming in with Jim Caldwell, or... Somebody, like, if, if Jim Irsay is going to make an emotional decision, I think this was an emotional decision. If he's going to make an emotional decision like this, he's not just going to put Jeff Saturday in this type of situation. Look, I know Jeff. I love Jeff. I know Reggie Wayne, who's on set. Those guys love Jeff Saturday, right? But to put him in a situation now right, where that locker room is like, what the hell are we doing here? All right, you know they're already second-guessing everything because they're losing when they were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Now the owner goes and hires someone like this, basically without any help. Right. Right? The play caller's gone. They fired Marcus Brady, the OC, uh, a couple weeks earlier. So now, like, a lot of these former players and stuff, like, okay, so here's Jim Irsay, who we always saluted for being on the cusp of diversity hiring with Tony Dungy and Jim Caldwell. Mm -hmm. He goes and makes a move like this. And so it was very... You know, again, the people who didn't get opportunities, an interim coach is a thankless job, right? You're not going to get hired for the long term. You're going to get your butt kicked at some point, right? There's going to be initial balance, and you're going to get your butt kicked. But just the fact that some people could get the exposure, like Steve Wilkes is back on the map, 
for Carolina. They're going to end up getting their butt kicked, but he's back on the map. And people can see how astute Steve Wilkes is when he does these news conferences every day and things like that. So he's going to be head of consciousness. When Steve Wilkes assumed the mantle of leadership after the ousting of Matt Rule, yes. that is a hire that came from within. It's a hire that came from within. It's a hire that came with respect. Right, everyone at Lockham's going to be like, okay, we're down. We, we right. know Steve Wilkes. We, we respect him. We know him. He's been through this with us. You know, he gets it. Jeff Shatter is coming from outside of the building. Let's you know. be clear about something, because it is important to point out the fact that the decision made by Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard was not one I don't that think in Chris any Ballard, way— I don't think Chris Ballard had a damn thing to do with that decision. Well, I only Let's include Chris in that because if we take—but if we take Jim Irsay at his word, he said in his press conference the other night during the game, interestingly timed, that if Jeff hadn't been available, Chris and I didn't know what we were going to do. But what, so, did, what did Chris Mr. say? Mr. Ursay himself. a discussion about this. So honestly, Chris seemed like he pushed back on this. He pushed back on the announcement that Saturday would be the interim head coach? Remember, he said this was a spirited discussion. I don't think it was like, hell yeah, let's go get Jeff Saturday. Not spirited in that sense. Right. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I think it was spirited like, what? Are you serious? Okay, so let's talk about the process. Because the process, as was engaged in by either Jim Ursay independently, unilaterally, or with or without Chris Ballard, does not, in fact, circumnavigate any rules as we have them in place. Right. It was their prerogative to do what it was they did. The optics of it, and it's more than the optics of it, it's the reality of it, is that a process that could have been different was not chosen. Let's talk about that. Is it reasonable to expect a team in dire straits like the Colts are and were to engage in a process that does rise to the standard that you are looking for? Is that fair to assume that that's something they could have and should have done? Yes, because... Most teams, when they fire their coach, it is not knee-jerk, right? You're thinking about it for weeks. You always have a short list of people you're going to promote or bring in. This seems like an emotional decision based on the fact that Jeff Saturday, even in his Wednesday news conference, said, I got a call during the game, like, uh, would you this and that, would you be interested in coaching the team? That doesn't sound like Jeff Saturday's been talking to Jim Mercy about this for weeks, this sounded like it came out of the blue. And so not necessarily the firing, but the fact to pursue Jeff Saturday without considering anybody on the staff. If you are a minority candidate, if, if you are an Eric Bieniemy, a Byron Leftwich, a Raheem Morris, a Marcus Brady, if you're one of these guys and you get a call from Jim Irsay in the offseason in January, they're not going to be part of the postseason conversation. So come January, January when right. they begin in earnest the process of filling permanently the position now held on an interim basis by Jeff Saturday. If you're one of those guys, are you inclined to say yes to that interview? Or are you inclined to say, as Michael Robinson said yesterday, I'm not interested. You didn't call me when you needed me. Don't call me now. Or is that too emotional? I mean, there's definitely a level, and especially if that was the quote from Mike Robinson, a level of, of, of petty for sure, but not in the spiteful way, but more so like, what, what were you thinking there? I, if it's me, I want I want the meeting because I want to know how it went down. And I want to know the thought process and what the thought process is now at that point in January for the actual long term. What is the plan? What is the vision now that you see? If this is just what it is, a Band-Aid, get through 2022, let's see what happens. But I'm told it's not. Then what is the vision? What is the plan? 
Because if I'm stepping in at that point, I want to know that there's a structure in place and that you guys are going to set me up for success and that you're setting the team up for success. What's the failure here, Steve Weich? Is it, it's not that a minority candidate wasn't plucked to be the interim head coach, is it? It's that a process that could have been better wasn't chosen. First off, to get to your previous question, I'm taking the interview because again, yeah. remember they hired Tony Dungy. They hired Jim Caldwell. Mm -hmm. All right, these are Super Bowl winning coaches. Yep. So it's not like they don't have a history. Mm -hmm. There are teams in the NFL that have never bothered with a black head coach yep. or a black general manager. So I'm giving Jim Ursway a, a credit for that. The reason why this looks bad is simply because, not because he didn't go through a certain process, but because when black head coaches or Indian head coaches or Latino head coaches are denied opportunities, they're always told, you didn't call plays, you don't have enough experience, you haven't dealt with this. Jeff, Hat Jeff Saturday did not check any of those None. boxes. So all of the goalposts that are in a certain place when diverse candidates are denied opportunities, those were not in place when they hired Jeff Saturday. It is not an opportunity situation. It is just the fact that they changed the rules, rules that diverse candidates are always having to try to dodge or to check a box that is in constant movement when they're denied opportunities. The Rooney rule, as we understand it, again, does not require a franchise mid-season to abide by the tenets of the rule. That is an off-season requirement. Um, but the Rooney rule, as written, requires every team to interview at least two external minority candidates yes. for open head coaching positions and at least one external minority candidate for a coordinator job. Additionally, at least one minority and or female candidate must be interviewed for senior level positions. I say that just to remind people of what the Rooney rule is. This is a difficult question to answer. Michael Robinson answered it before I even asked it. He said the Rooney rule is in his estimation, in his words, a farce. Is the Rooney rule effective? Can it be effective or has it become a de facto dodge? I won't say a de facto dodge, but I think a farce is what it is because the teams comply. We saw this year teams slowed down the hiring process, so they did get to speak to more people, sure. to get people. But then in the end, it didn't amount to anything. Right. right? The results aren't in, in line with the quote-unquote requirement. Right. And so, look, you can't have, you can't have this Rooney rule with those two external candidates when it comes to an interim coach. You don't have enough time. Right. You've got to get a coach in place by Monday. Is that true, though? Let me stop you there, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but when you're 3-5-1, and one, when you are clearly going the wrong way in yeah. traffic, yeah. I don't buy this suggestion that there is no time. Mm. You have people who can be stewards of the moment for a week or two or three, as we have seen in this league, while you undergo a process. I kind of don't buy During the, the season, time, but you know no, better than I no, do. I'm just that saying, is, that's, that's, that's too great now, an ask. Well, here, here's what I'm saying. This is where you have to look at the fairness of your players and the guys on the staff, right? If you're coming in and say, hold this down for two weeks while we interview candidates who aren't going to be here, what about the dudes who are getting their knees busted up right. and their hands broken That's and fair. pulling hamstrings yes, yes. for you on Sundays. You cannot sit there and play with their futures like that. Fair enough. Yes, sir. So that's why I think it's okay to hire somebody without going through a stretched out process in the interim. Again, that's why I'm saying the process with Jeff Saturday isn't the fact that they may not have considered diverse candidates, but the fact that they hired somebody with no experience when the no experience is always a red flag or, or a disqualifying 
chamber when it comes to diverse candidates. Bring the same energy that you've put on all of these candidates who you are interviewing for the long-term job yeah. to this. In every metric, not just in the offseason, in an interim position. Like To your point, Steve, like why, why have that? Why continue to tell us that and feed us this line about the experience and the play calling? And then when the opportunity comes, you do the exact opposite Correct. of that. That's Especially what's so wild about it. the need for, a, for an astute play caller yeah. is yeah. so specific no, no. I mean, not, not, not for even, this moment Not even astute. Not even astute. It doesn't have to be astute. It could just be incredible. Mm-hmm. This poor guy... Uh, Parks, I forget yep. his name. They're bringing in. Yes. Look, play calling is an art. You've Parks, got Parks, 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 Parks Fraser. Parks Fraser. You have got to get a play in by within 20 seconds, right? Because the headset goes off at 15, right? Within 20 seconds, you have got. To, it is an art. It is a rhythm. Yep. It is a skill. But let me take everybody listening to this really behind the scenes of how football teams work. And this is how quality football teams work. You go into every season with a short list of external potential head coaching candidates. Right, in case you decide to make a coaching change at the end of the year, in case your head coach has a health concern or emergency and has to leave, like we saw with Chuck Pagano. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So is that someone from the outside? Is it going to be these coordinators? You have a list on who can slide in there in the short term, yeah. who can do this, who can do that. That's why I'm saying this is an emotional decision by Jim Ursay because every team I have ever covered, I've had these conversations with every general manager, they have got – who they're tracking from other teams to be potential head coaches, coordinators, et cetera. Guys on staff who could step in under the emergency, X, Y, and Z. Plus, most of these coaching staffs are run by agents. A particular agent may have the general manager, may represent the general manager, the head coach, and at least one coordinator. Yep. Right? So, Ursay was like, I'm going outside the box as outside as I can go, Mm -hmm. which I don't have a problem with. But if it was somebody like a Jim Caldwell who could come in, bring gravity to the situation, gravitas to the situation, I should say, be a play caller and get immediate respect, you're good. And is unimpeachable by the very metrics that you said Correct. are right. the ones in question. Final word on this goes to you, MJ. Are you hopeful for this particular situation? Are you hopeful in the general sense that processes the likes of which we saw not employed in this case will be employed more regularly, more diligently going forward. Well, I think a situation like this, once again, allows for the opportunity to course correct, right? For the opportunity to be more intentional about these things and for the opportunity to hold people accountable by these metrics that are set, by these rules and requirements, and hopefully make it more, truly more equitable when we move forward, when there is another situation. Let me, let me jump in on that real quick because we've seen the situation. It happens every year. Yes, yep. it does. This was a one-off. Mm-hmm. Right? We can sit here and say, let's do, let's do what the NFL does and freaking overcorrect. Right. No, this was a one-off. I'm upset about it and everything. It's very particular. <laughs> but most teams, as we saw with Carolina this year, mm-hmm. had a plan in place. Yeah. They let Steve Wilkes come in. He let go, I think, of three assistant coaches already. But they had a plan in place and who's going to cover what. This was Jim Irsay making an emotional decision, not to fire Frank Wright, he was on the Green Mile, but to make this type of hire without giving much thought to everything else. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. My guests today, the host of NFL Total Access, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, the chief national reporter for NFL Network, Steve Weich. Gentlemen, lady, let's move to midseason awards. We are at midseason. Yes, even a 17-game season can have a midseason. We're at it. Let's talk about the MVP. Is it obvious? Because after what I saw last week, it's obvious to me that if we were to give out the award today, it would go to the curly-haired freak in Kansas City, (laughs) to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes stepping up. He's going to scramble 15. He's at the 10. Cuts back inside the 5. Mahomes rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. However, we would obviously recognize that Josh Allen is on that list. Mm -hmm. We would obviously recognize that Jalen Hurts is on that list. We would probably put Lamar Jackson on that list. And I submit to you that one Tyreek Hill should also be on that list. Am I out of my depth? Am I crazy? Who's the current MVP? Oh. I, I mean, I, I honestly would have to say Jalen Hurts. And he is under center. And he does sneak. And he pushes and shoves. And he's in for the touchdown. Yeah. You would. Um, Hurts over Mahomes. Why? I would say Hurts over Mahomes. One, because his team is undefeated. Yes. Um, Hard to overlook that. You know, and, and also, look at just 
what they've done, right? Nobody had no, fewer players had bigger question marks coming into the yep. season than him, and he's answered them all early by midseason. Now they've got a talented team, but he's changed the thinking and the attitude the of culture. that team. We knew yeah. what the correct. We knew what the culture and the attitude and thinking was in Kansas City, even though they had a change with Tyreek Hill and had to diversify their offense. But I would say Jalen Hurts right now. Do you agree, MJ? I'm riding that wave. You are. I love it. Especially because not just coming into this season for Jalen Hurts, but since he entered this league, it's been nothing but doubt and criticism for this young QB. And he is leading that team as well as any veteran that has been in this league for a while. And he's playing well. He's being poised. He's being measured. He's being the leader that they need to be. And the record speaks for itself. I love his countenance on the sideline mm-hmm. in the huddle. Yep. With the ball in his hand, even when a play breaks down. I love his countenance in the locker room after a win. Yep. He's a special young man. I'm he excited is. for him. I'm rooting for him. Mahomes still gets my vote today, but if I had three votes, Mahomes gets two. Jalen Hurts gets <laughs> one. In this room, Jalen Hurts, you get two. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you only get one. Next award, Coach of the Year. Ooh. The short list, Ooh. I think, is very interesting. And, and correct me if I'm missing some names on this short list. Uh, obviously, Brian Dayball got a lot of love early and probably mm-hmm. still deserves some. Nick Sirianni of the aforementioned Eagles, certainly. Mike McDaniel of your Miami Dolphins certainly gets some love. Kevin O'Connell is 7-1. and one. Nobody wants to give that team True. love. Let's give him some love. Mike Vrabel has that Tennessee Titans as unconvincing as they can look some days. Smack dab in the middle of the playoff picture. And, of course, Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll took a team that nobody expected to do anything. It is impossible to talk about Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks without using some form of the word surprise or doubt. It's impossible to do it. Who's the coach of the year as it stands right now? I, Pete was the first one that came in. Pete's the first one that came to your mind. I just remember seeing him a few weeks back when they were at SoFi Stadium, and he just looked pistol Pete, just out there, calm, <laughs> yeah. cool. But also, we questioned Pete. Let me rephrase. I questioned Pete <laughs> at the beginning of you weren't uh, alone. This I did too. What's happening? Okay, we're riding with with Gino and Drew, and calm. There was no flinch. Everyone else was like, you're not going to go out and get a quarterback. Jimmy G is sitting right there for you. And Pete just stayed nice and calm and look top of the NFC. One of the things that I love so much about Pete Carroll is that, yes, he's an ageless wonder, but there is, <laughs> there is a genuine joy and enthusiasm yes. for the moment and the game that he mm-hmm. has. And you know what? I see it in Brian Dayball as well. I see it in Nick Sirianni yeah. as well. Who's your coach of the year right now? Well, I mean, that's easy. I mean, that's Pete Carroll. It is Pete Carroll. Because it, it is not just, oh, he's a surprise, this and that, Okay. Other than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett yeah. on that roster, yeah, we didn't know. We knew Gino by name, right? But we didn't know he was going to do this. So what does that tell you? It is the missing ingredient that people don't talk about that's very hard to do in the NFL, and that's to develop Ooh. players. We can talk about culture all you want, but Pete is taking guys. We talk about this rookie class, how great it is. It's him and his staff had to develop them. Right? That's, maybe that's why the first couple games he had to look. Developing players from training camp, this point in the season is one of the most difficult things you can do, and he's probably done that with a couple dozen guys, not just a particular position group. That is why Pete Carroll is my coach of the year at the moment. My defensive player of the year is Micah Parsons. Am I wrong? <gasps> no. Pressure. Good night, Nurse Parsons. Paul is out. You're not wrong. Although, man, we've had that? a few guys this 
the last couple of weeks have really turned it up. Rookie of the year I find interesting, and let's not worry about dividing it offense versus defense. Mm. Let's just say mm. rookie of the year. On the offensive side, you've got to give some love to Kenneth Walker, obviously. Oh, yeah. You love had to give him. some love to Brees Hall. Unfortunately, we will no longer see I Brees know. Hall this season. you got to give some love to the kid in Houston, Damian Pierce. Oh, my God. And, of course, you've got to give some love to Chris Olave. Whoa. <laughs> Down in New Orleans, Chris Olave. That's on the offensive side. Now, the defensive side of things, clearly Sauce Gardner gets Come love on. and deserves it. So does Tariq Woolen, who is your rookie of the year through week nine. Ooh. That's a really, really hard You can only choose one. Who are you choosing? I think Sauce. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. He's taking Sauce. I think Sauce. I love his attitude. I love that he has backed up on the field what we expected from him going into the draft and to start the season. Right. Uh, I think it was perfect fit under Robert Sala. Uh, I, I really like what he's doing, and he's, ju he's just skimming the surface of his talent and his development in the league. Oh, I'm Damian Pierce. Pierce running left to the goal line, fighting his way in for his first NFL touchdown. You're Damian Love Pierce. And the, re it. and the reason why I say Damian Pierce is who else on that team threatens you? Huh? He's a running back who is just amazing. And I don't know if you saw Wink Martindale's quotes, right, the DC for the Giants. Like, I don't know who upset Damian Pierce, <laughs> but he's like the most violent, angry runner yeah. I have seen. Wild. When I watch him, he's like a mix of Adrian Peterson with the strength and the speed and the physicality and Marshawn Lynch. with Wow. The so, I mean, I know he's not, he's probably not going to get it because the Texans aren't, but I'm sure when guys walk off the field, they're like, I want no more of him. Right. Best game of the year. Was there a better game this year? This is a hard one to answer because it requires you to kind of go through the files of nine weeks of games. Was there a better game this year than MJ's Dolphins coming back? 21 <laughs> points down against in the fourth the quarter against the Ravens. I don't, I don't recall a better game this year. Downfield wide open! <laughs> Touchdown Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! If you can come oh, up with one, call it out. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. Let yeah, your mind awesome. work that's on that tough. one. Best play of the year. I have two candidates for oh, you. The first one is the P.J. Walker toss to D.J. Moore. Oh, now, airs it deep downfield for D.J. Moore. Behind his man. Oh, oh my God. He yeah. caught the ball. D.J. Moore caught the ball. <laughs> How did that happen? This is amazing. I love the P.J. Walker toss to D.J. Moore. I also love the Pickens catch. A great catch by rookie George Pickens. What a play for the young man from Georgia. Oh, great googly moogly. I've never, I can't believe this catch. I'm like Myron. Man, oh man, what a catch by Pickens. One-hander falling away. You want to talk about the degree of difficulty, that's like an 11. I'm sorry, but for me, that catch was better than OBJ. No, not considering the gravity of the moment and the circumstances, but the actual physical application of a one-handed few-finger catch, for me, Pickens was better than Beckham. I will insist on that. Nobody agrees with me. Uh, what, what was the best play of the year for you so far? I mean, the, the, the play that, you know, the P.J. Walker throw, but I mean, I'm just looking at spectacular efforts. Mm -hmm. And that recent play against the Dolphins, the run by Justin Fields. Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. And he's off to the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Mooney. He's in for six. 61-yard touchdown run. Justin Fields stepped in. He yes. broke. He broke That's three or four. That's a good one, Steve. He broke three or four tackles. Someone's closing in on him. He's like, "I'm faster than you," and he Very hit good. the Jets. Mm -hmm. It was like 
that was such. I mean, I'm sure there's some great, like some goal line stand plays, yeah, and some things sure. that I'm just not thinking of right now. But the effort he took on that one, breaking the tackles, seeing seeing daylight ahead of him, just like I'm gone. I love that because Justin Fields' name needed to be mentioned in this conversation yeah. somehow. I'm glad that you've summoned Was him Was that up. the one where Mike McDaniel went over him on the sidelines and said, said, stop, stop it. Stop it. Yes. Yes. Stop, stop it. Days. You had me laughing. I thought about stop that later. It. It's amazing. Just stop. And, and, He's like, come on. That tells me a lot about your coach, too. Yeah. He is Hilarious. not. He is not so far gone in the moment that he can't be a fan <laughs> right. of a great play. And have a little sense of humor like he was about something like, that just happened to him. That was good, team. but also stop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, biggest disappointment. Sorry to bring it down. Oh, but geez. biggest disappointment. Is it, I'm going to give you three teams. Please choose. Is it the Colts? Is it the Raiders? Or is it the Packers? Biggest I, disappointment of 2022 so far. For me so far, it, it's the Raiders. It's the I Raiders. I was shouting from the mountaintops to start the year. Yes. Just with everything they did yes. in the offseason, right. bringing in Devontae. I mean, they, they set themselves up for what we assumed was going to be success. We were talking about this division. Like, we didn't know which way it was going to yeah. go. And I, I don't know what's happened to them. I don't know how this didn't come together. I mean, it certainly wasn't out of the realm of possibility. But to go down like this at this point in the year, I'm really sad. I'm really sad for Raider Nation, honestly. And, and it's a team that showed last year they've got the character to yes. fight the adversity. And that nucleus of the team come is on. there. Mm-hmm. That they can win ball games, no question. Right, and now here we are. I mean, you're. Re- I mean, yeah. I am legitimately convinced that they are going to be in for a battle oh. with the Colts. This ah. But I mean, my biggest disappointment, and it's funny because they're not out of playoff contention, right. is the Rams. Oh, this is a yes. Super Bowl champion, and it's not that they're just losing. I don't see where they're going to come out of it. We know they've got injuries on the offensive mm-hmm. line, but you watch this offense, and it is nothing more than Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup playing catch. That's it. That's it. No they are, they are. There yeah, is nothing. They get Allen Robinson. They make all these moves. I mean, the Colts are disappointing because, yeah, they got Matt Ryan, but then you see Father Time went and horse-collared him, right? And they've got some other things clearly coaching. But the Rams are like, I, I just don't think they're going to hit more than a two-game win streak this season oh, at best. good grief. Shame on me for not even thinking about it. I think you may be right, Steve. I mm-hmm. think that may be the answer. Best uniform change. Uh, I don't think it's Devontae Adams. I think we can be clear on that one. Uh, I think it oh, may I be. thought you were talking about the Texans. I, I think it may be. I was like, I Texans uniform. That yeah. red yeah. helmet okay, was okay, so sweet. Okay, say that. I really like my <laughs> commanders all blacks. I think those are cool. Those are kind sweet. All black is always a good those way to uh, love, yeah. the, love the helmets we saw the other night from your Texans. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Tyreek Hill in a new uniform has been spectacular. I think yep. T.J. Hawkinson in a u- new uniform that? will be spectacular. It's good. I think Roquan Smith in a new uniform will be spectacular. Oh, my God. At the end of the year who are we going to say did best in his new team is it Tyreek yeah it's got to be right? <laughs> I mean come on look at a smirk on I MJ's mean, face listeners there's a like, glow but of, it's not because of Tyreek oh I think we haven't even seen what Jeff Wilson has truly Jeff Wilson nice player to that now. Dolphins to that Dolphins team nice yet player um I see you Mike McDaniel up that tandem with him and Raheem, I've been saying it for Both weeks. The 49ers. second the trade happened, he knows what he's doing. Yep. That was intentional AF, as the kids say. But you can't I sit there it. and say Jeff Wilson over Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I think, I think at can. some point that she run can. game. She has her come. Dolphins. Defenses aren't scheming for Jeff Wilson. They're she has her Dolphins union card. She can say whatever she wants about that team. Oh, my. 
gosh. I'm just, I'm just saying. Come on in. Keep an eye on my boy. I believe that comeback player of the year probably requires you to have suffered an injury or some such oh, thing. Oh, you're not, you're not, take, you're not taking no, the let's, I want to throw no, that out. I want to talk about no. comeback in the more sort of 30,000-foot perspective mm. sense. Geno Smith came back from the hinterlands of being a backup. Oh, that, Marcus, is the, that is the Marcus Mariota also came back. <laughs> Come back from the hinterlands of uh, backup dump. Saquon, of course, coming back from an injury. Of those three, Gino, Saquon, and Marcus, who's the best story? Is it Gino by, by a landslide? I mean, if you're using yeah. that criteria. I'm using the criteria of somebody who wasn't in the conversation last year and is this year. Go. Huh. I mean, what's he, I mean, what's he coming back from? I mean, this is kind of, I mean. He's coming back from irrelevance, which may be harder oh, to come back okay, from than so, an injury. So, all right. So, if, if, if we're saying that. I got MJ with that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're saying A that. A lot to come back from. Right. I mean, it has, it has to be. Gino, if you're talking about coming back yes. from irrelevance, yes. like a dude who I'm talking the three of us well, we on the wall. We had pretty much discounted at this point as a backup, right? Like in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no one thought Gino. You know, we're let's still the Drew the Drew Lock wagon was in full effect. Correct. Yeah. Correct. No, we were yeah. saying that the Seahawks are going to be in the hunt yes. for a quarterback. Folks were surprised when he was named the starter. Everybody thought, yeah, like, assumed oh God, that it was going to be Drew. Yeah. Gino has time. Steps up. He's going to let it fly down the near side. It's caught. Goodwin. Touchdown. Seahawks. What's the best thing you've seen this year the in the be- NFL? Uh, to me, the best thing I've seen this year is is what's going on in Miami. Just the whole Mike McDaniel has got dudes believing. He's got dudes mm-hmm. happy. You're seeing Tua after the after concussion controversy. I mean, look, that stirred up a whole conversation yeah. that we didn't think would. I mean, the way they just kind of pushed through it, right, and, and everything like that. It's such a great story. I think this is going to really end as the season ends as such a fantastic story. There are probably better storylines like like a Geno Smith, yeah, right. Like what Jimmy Garoppolo may sure. come out of after all the crap he had yeah. to deal with. Like there's there's storylines like that, and maybe Justin Fields in Chicago yeah. mm-hmm. doing things like that. But I think what Mike McDaniel, this dude who when he was hired, people were saying, well, we can't really count him as the minority because you know he's biracial, but he doesn't claim it, and all this other stuff. Says, hey, I'm just cool. I'm gonna handle my business. I'm not gonna create any waves. I'm just gonna be this easy dude. Show my quarterback I can love him. Show the rest of the guys I can love him. Yeah. And the fact that Chris Greer has parlayed yeah. all these draft picks, you know, into dudes who can play. I, I just think what's going on down there is something special. And this is something I used to cover the Dolphins. Yeah. The last time that they were really relevant when Don Shula and, you know, Shula's last couple of years and Jimmy Johnson's first few. My God. Is that your answer as well? Could you answer this question? What's the best thing you've seen in the NFL that does not involve your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has to be um, the Eagles, yeah. right? And, yeah. and what that team has done and how they've continued to prove week after week that they are the real deal. That this, is, this isn't a fluke. Nobody's questioning that they are as good as they are and that they're continuing to get, more importantly, better every week. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy with Steve Weich and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Our final topic, the playoff picture. My final question, who within the current playoff picture is most likely to find themselves out of the playoff picture at the end of the season? And I guess part two of the question is which team currently outside the playoff picture is most likely to find themselves in it? Let's start in the AFC. One through seven, Buffalo, Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and the L.A. Chargers. Who is most likely to find themselves on the outside looking in when it's all said and done? Steve Weich. Chargers. Yeah. Is that, is that easy? Very. Reflexive, yeah. instant, knee-jerk it's Chargers. Just, I mean, there's nothing that makes you think, even though they've won, I think, what, four out of five, I think, mm-hmm. there's nothing that makes you think that this is a dominant ball club, and, you know, when a team... Look, the Patriots... Okay, well, let's talk about the teams on the doorstep that are knocking to to find their way in, starting with the eight-seed New England Patriots, then the Bengals... Then the Colts, the Browns, the, the, the Broncos, et cetera, et cetera. I think we can sort of restrict our focus to those first few. Patriots... Bengals. Oh, Cincinnati. And then maybe the Browns at 11. Cincinnati. 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 Cincinnati will find their way yeah. into oh, yeah. the playoff picture. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I think they're just now really starting yep. to play the type of football that we were expecting from them at the beginning of the season um, with Burrow. Now, yep. the man started with appendicitis. He started with appendicitis. <laughs> then something happened to them that they feared, and yet I think we will look back on and say this was maybe the best thing that happened to them. Learn how to live without Jamar Chase, mm. without number one. Mm. What did you do? You rediscovered the fact that number 28 is on your roster, My yep. and he just put five balls in the paint <laughs> in week nine. Uh, in summation, Chargers, you're in trouble. Bengals, you're on Good. the rise. You're on deck. Yep. In the NFC, one through seven, Philadelphia Eagles undefeated. Minnesota, Seattle, Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are four. 
at four and five, of course, leading that bewildering NFC South. In the fifth hole, it's the Dallas Cowboys, sixth, New York Giants, seven, the 49ers. That's one through seven. Who is most likely to find their way out of that playoff picture at year's end? I would say the Giants. The Giants. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I need to really be convinced. They went into the bye week with a loss. Mm-hmm. First time they had suffered the sting of that in a while. Yeah. Um, we'll be very curious to see how they come out of this bye week. Do you agree? Giants are potentially the most yeah, vulnerable mean, I'm, of the I'm, seven. I'm going to give you two. And, and I'm going to say the Giants and, and uh, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. Ooh. You know, you and, and it's weird. And I, and I, I mean, I don't want to count the Buccaneers out because I keep saying they're going to get going. They're going to get going. But I and saw the division that off, isn't strong. The division's not strong. I saw the offense last week, and it is just stuck in the mud. Yeah. I mean, you. We'll just turn and not go. Receivers dropping yeah. balls every week. They just there's nothing really going. The defense is playing better. But I think a team like the Falcons, where you see more and more promise each week, as guys are kind of getting it, they're understanding what they have. But it's just the Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Where you're kind of like, Rrr. I don't know. But that great comeback story, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean that. And look, and I got to tell you, talk about comeback stories. And I, I mean, it's, it may sound crazy, you know, because I said that the Giants could be out. Could the freaking Commanders stop? No. Could Taylor? Wait. Could the, could the Taylor? Wait, Heine. Could the Heine's or Steve Weich guilty of looking down the rundown? That is the final question. <laughs> who, who on the outside looking in could maybe will find their way in? Is it the Falcons you've referenced? Yeah. Is it the Commanders you've referenced? Is it the Rams who you're worried about no. and disappointed in? Is it the Packers? No. Nope. No. Is it the Saints? Because uh, if you're worried about if you're worried about the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and five. I don't buy the Falcons' narrative. I don't. But I do buy that a team with a defense as good yeah. as the Saints could yeah. actually find sure. their way in this weird sort of way as an 8-9 and nine division winner to be that's the fourth seed in the NFC. And, 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 and that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, because they move the ball to a degree on off. I mean, the, the, the Ravens were a bust all the other night. But right. the Saints could be a team in there. You know, it's, it's just funny because you go division by position. You say, well, Rams and Cardinals, no. Nobody outside of the Vikings, probably, in that division. But, MJ, if you're kicking the Giants out, who's going in? Is it the Falcons? Is it the Commanders? Well, the Falcons are a team that I've been watching pretty closely. I know you have. They were playing better than expected at the beginning of the year, even though they were taking L's. But they were in a lot of these games and giving a lot of these other teams some headaches. So I saw the potential there, but you're right. It's just... My faith in it isn't that strong. In the Saints, however, especially in an NFC South that really... They're at three and six, but Tampa Bay is in first, and they're at four and five. Yeah. So. Everything to play for in the NFC South. How about that? What a country. I would love to thank today's <laughs> special guests, MJ Acosta-Ruiz and Steve Weich. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate the debate. appreciate the passion. Tomorrow, a man who is defined by passion, certainly not by good sense when you consider his Bears picks, Adam Rank, who will join us for all the Week 10 picks, scores included, He'll also, of course, throw in some fantasy plays to make and some fantasy plays not to make. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 